T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And so we move the goalposts yet again. We said opening day in Seattle was low ebb. We said falling behind 14-1 in Phoenix was low ebb. We said allowing Lourdes Gurriel Jr. to steal a home in the Fenway opener was low ebb. We said allowing Chris Davis to hit home runs and losing two out of four to the Orioles, also low ebb. Oh, we were all so innocent then. This is the new location of low ebb. It is waking up on a Wednesday morning in Manhattan and realizing that you, the defending World Series champions, are 6-12 and 12 and just got blasted by the pinstripes 8 nothing. So join us as we carry these goalposts further down the road here on Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Sox Podcast. And here's your host, Josh Remember the final scene of Animal House? Great movie, which is now very old, but the, the citizens of the town are rioting after Delta House has crashed its float into the review stand, flipping Dean Vernon Warmer and his minions straight up in the air. Down the street, a young crew cut Kevin Bacon is insisting that everyone remain calm, all is well. He says it several times, but obviously his favorite students and faculty thunder towards him. He turns into a Kevin Bacon pancake, and the chaos continues unabated. I will not be Kevin Bacon and tell you that all is well. There is ample evidence suggesting it is not. I will remind you that it's still very early, and everyone in the AL East besides the Rays are also some measure of not so good. But even with that gentle reminder, all is hardly well. An 8 to nothing embarrassment as the Red Sox and Yankees began their Annual Clash of the Titans thing, Tuesday night in the Bronx. Of course, that big game feel wasn't really there. The teams had come in combined 12 and 21. So no Goodyear blimp overhead, no Fox television showing random celebrities. In fact, it had been 27 years since both teams were below 500 when playing each other at least 15 games into a season. You'd have to go back to the summer of 1992 when Wright said Fred was too sexy for his shirt and before the, uh, the first Mighty Ducks movie came out. That was a long time ago. Both teams, obviously, have disappointed so far, but at least the Yankees have a decent excuse. Half their team is hurt. For Boston, they had come in allowing 106 runs, most in baseball. 15 errors worked or was uh, ranked worst in the American League. Minus 32 run differential, worst. Lou Merloni pointed out on OMF, yesterday uh, that the Sox were 31-7 and last year against Toronto and Baltimore. So far this year, they're 3-3. Three and three. So even coming into this series, there have been major issues. And I'll, I'll name drop another uh, media type. The Athletics' Chad Jennings did a very nice summary talking about how the strike throwers aren't throwing many strikes. Hector Velazquez, for example, had not walked a batter in 12 outings, about 19 innings to late last year. Then he walks four against the Orioles. Evaldi, Porcello, normally low-walk guys. 
22 walks and six starts between him this year. The offense, supposedly so deep, actually very thin right now. You've got Martinez, Moreland, and Bogarts with an OPS above 730. Well, and Benintendi too, but he can't play right now because he's got a sore foot. Everybody else is underwater. The rotation has been one guy. It's been David Price. He's the only one with an ERA below 7.98. Chris Sale, over. Eduardo Rodriguez, over. Evaldi, etc. The fundamentals are are not strong. Rafael Devers just made his fifth error the other day, so he's tied for the major league lead yet again. Red Sox are tied for the second most of any team. So kind of along those lines, talking about frustrating, sloppy play and and what could maybe happen to to give everything a tweak. Earlier in the day, the news got out. The Red Sox have called up Sandy Leone from Pawtucket. He replaces Blake Swihart, who the Red Sox simply designated for assignment. Bit of a shocking move. It absolutely represented a a major shakeup, and everybody assumes Swihart's going to get picked up by somebody. So uh, a requiem for Blake Swihart in just a moment. But first, Dave Dombrowski explaining to everybody before the game. I really, in spring training and our catching, we had a really uh, split camp on what move we were going to make. We debated it long and hard. Finally decided to go in this direction because it actually is finally my decision. Um, it ended up being a spot where we also thought we might get Leon through waivers, which we did, so we could have some depth. But then as we got here at this point, you know, we're really, there's only one move you can make, and it's with Swihart if you're going to replace him. And so for us, uh, we just figured we wanted to bring Leon up to handle our, our pitching staff. Um, he's really good at it. And so we're in a position, that's what we decided to do. Uh, well, in our conversations, I mean, we have had a split camp on it, sure. We have a split camp. Which is, you know, we, we disagree on a lot of different things. But sure, a lot of people want a Sandy, sure. I mean, we, we, as we told you all along, we like Sandy a lot. We know what his strengths are, which is handling a pitching staff. He brings a lot of intangibles to a club. The way he handles the staff, um, the comfort zone there in that regard. And so, um, you know, it's a decision we decide to make at this point. But again, I, I'm not saying that that's the sole factor that we struggle, but I think it'll help us. And I think when you have a club, when I say that's struggling in a lot of different areas, which we are, which a lot of times clubs do, you, you try to f- fix little things at a time. And for us, okay, we try to get a little bit better defensively behind a plate and a little comfort zone there with the starting staff working with them. It just seems like the organization could never find Blake Swihart the right fit or the right opportunity. The, the one chance he had to be the Red Sox opening day catcher was in 16, and he just wasn't ready wasn't experienced enough back then. They, they moved him to the outfield. He hurt his ankle. And they tried to get him into the infield, but there was always that caveat that he also had to prepare as a catcher, which is pretty demanding. So it, it, that was never going to happen. You can't really do that on the fly. If only the Sox had traded him in the Cole Hamels deal that supposedly was there a few years ago. Maybe this guy's a big league star in Philadelphia now, and JT Real Muto is somewhere else. But Neither here nor there at this point. We'll keep you updated on where Blake Swihart ends up. It would be shocking if he stays in the organization. So the current Red Sox, they're off to the worst start by a defending World Series champion since the fire sale Marlins of 98. They started 4-14. Four and 14. Of course, Dave Dombrowski was there for that one, but uh, very different dynamic. Coming into this game at Yankee Stadium, at least there was the glimmer of Chris Sale's history against the Yankees. Career 1.6 ERA. That includes what he did last October. Beat the Yankees in game one of the ALDS. Five and a third innings of two-run ball, eight strikeouts. 
in the clinching game four. He had a very dominating eighth inning. So that was some feel good for sure. And you looked at the Yankees roster into this game. So many roster changes since then. 11 players on the injured list right now. Uh, No more uh, Echevarria, no more Lance Lynn, Andrew McCutcheon gone, David Robertson gone, Neil Walker's elsewhere. But in comes James Paxton, and that would be kind of a big deal. Paxton came out throwing 99. Sale, with his catcher back, he's got Sandy Leone now, no excuses. He came out throwing 97 a couple times. Not really sure if that's a cause and effect thing, but you had a 97-mile-an-hour sale in the first inning, Paxton at 99, and you're thinking, okay, game on. Here we go. Well, scoreless into the third, bottom of, Brett Gardner leads off with a double to right. Sale does come back to get two quick outs, but then DJ LeMahieu, who's batting 400, singles in Gardner, one nothing Yankees. Aaron Judge walks, Luke Voigt follows up with another single, And because Eduardo Nunez wasn't really paying attention at second base when Jackie Bradley throws the ball in, Judge able to sneak back to the bag on what would have been the final out of the inning. And it looked like it would have been before LeMahieu crossed the plate, so it would have stayed 1-0 at that point. The defense has not been a crisp red apple this year. It's been more like a mushy banana. So, uh, indeed, it gets to 2-0 Yankees off Sale. Sale recovers. He strikes out Glaber Torres on a curve of all things. 11 swings and misses through 50 pitches after three. You can work with that. Not bad at all, but down 2 nothing anyway. Top of the fourth, we're, we're thinking, how about a quick response? That was such a hallmark of 2018. If an opponent gets two runs, the Sox would come right back at two or three or four. So the struggling Mookie bets doubles. Xander Bogarts gets him to third. And regarding Mookie, uh, expanding on pitches that, that are nowhere near the strike zone right now, uh, that's one thing. He, he took a changeup down the middle and then whiffed on a ball. It was way off the plate in that last game against the Orioles. It was a 3-21 and homestand, so a two twenty two batting average coming into this game. And not alone. Dustin Pedroia hitting 105 coming in. Jackie Bradley, 149. Nunez, 184. Brock Holtz, who's now at Pawtucket rehabbing, 1 for 16. Steve Pierce, 125. Maybe could have used a little bit more time rehabbing before coming back. But speaking of Pierce, after J.D. Martinez flied out in that inning, Pierce flies out to right. And a quick little remembrance just to make you happy for a moment. Pierce's big play from last October at Yankee Stadium, the stretch. Remember that? The, the right shoe stuck just barely to the base when he got that throw from Nunez. And it was a, a paused celebration there. Everybody thought that game four was over and there would have to be no game five. It was all good went to replay, and sure enough, Pierce kept that foot barely on the bag. That, that was good times back then. But now, inning four as opposed to game four, Pierce simply flies out. Moreland strikes out. The Mitchie magic has dried up lately, and the promising thought of the bounce-back inning just goes kablooey. No runs to left in scoring position. Three, four, five in the order were up. With runners at second and third, they got nothing. To the bottom of the fourth, Yankees get two more runs. Not ideal. Clint Frazier, home run to right. Another run scores on a two-out single and a two-out double. 4 nothing Yankees. And the third and fourth innings have been a killer this year. Basically, second time through the batting order, right? So here's runs allowed by inning up to date. Seven in the first, not a problem. 13 in the second, that's about average. But then 25 in the third, 19 in the fourth before it recedes and gets back, back to a normal 10 allowed in the fifth inning. And indeed, uh, nothing across in the fifth inning. For either team, actually, and it was a one-hit shutout through five for Big Maple, James Paxton. Same guy who was hammered last time out by Houston, was pulled in the fifth inning, was just grooving 
in this game. Top of the six, two, three, four in the order up there for Boston. Ground out, ground out, strikeout. It's a one hitter through six for Big Maple. Sale goes out. Erasmo Ramirez comes in up early in the day as part of that roster shakeup. Marcus Walden having been optioned to Pawtucket. Ramirez, if you, if you don't really know him, one-time starter in Seattle and Tampa Bay. Last year, some lat issues and his eventual release. Nicaraguan change-up specialist. Uh, so is everybody ready for the Erasmo Ramirez experience? Here was his bottom of the sixth. Gio Urshela doubles. Gardner walks. Zach Bunt moves them along. Then freaking Mike Talkman hits his second career Major League home run. Welcome aboard, Erasmo. Mike Talkman, the 289th pick of the 2013 draft, makes it 7-0 Yankees. Bottom of the seventh, still a one-hitter for Paxton. The only hit still the Bogarts double to right that was almost a home run. But you know what was really a home run? The uh, 86-mile-an-hour cutter right down the middle from Disastro Ramirez to Glaber Torres in the bottom of the seventh. Eight-nothing Yankees. Man, Paxton, meantime, 12th career game with double-digit strikeouts. Close to his second-ever no-hitter. He would end up with 12 strikeouts, including six straight late in the game. Finally, in the top of the eighth, there was a two-out double from JBJ, best contact all game, but a feeble pop-up from Mookie, and that was that. Paxton with one of the best games pitched against the Red Sox in the last 45 years. Seriously. Two other instances we found of eight innings, one or two hits, at least 12 strikeouts against Boston. Mike Mussina famously did it to the 2001 Red Sox, the near-perfect game on Sunday Night Baseball. Jason Bure of the White Sox in September of 93, the other guy. And I've got the Red Sox lineup from that game. You ready? Billy Hatcher led it off in center. Mike Greenwell in left. Scott Cooper at third. A young Mo Vaughn hitting cleanup. Rob Deere was in right. Greg Blosser was a DH. Bob Melvin was the catcher. Now, of course, the Oakland manager. Tim Nairing at second. Luis Rivera at short. John Dobson was the pitcher. Only hit in that game was a pinch hit from the long-lost Jeff McNeely. I looked him up. He is now a middle school principal in Charlotte, North Carolina, owner of 11 career Red Sox hits. That's eight more hits than the current Red Sox got in this game. It's an 8 to nothing loss. Chris Sale's last four-game losing streak was back in the summer of 2013. Now here it is, just the middle of April. He is 0-4, four starts along, ERA of 8.5. And courtesy of the Elias Sports Bureau, this is officially now the worst Red Sox starting ERA through 18 games in the history of ever. The previous mark, 6.96. That was back in 1931. And after this El Stinkador from Sale, it's 7.18 this year through 18 games. The Red Sox starter Wednesday night has been just as bad as Sale so far. Native Baldi's got an 8.4 ERA, six homers allowed in 15 innings. Max Muncy apparently unleashed a virus last October. Here's the good news. The Yankees are going to counter with Jay Happ, and his ERA is worse than Sales Anibaldi's. Uh, his is 8.76. Last time out, six runs on nine hits in four innings. So that's a break for the Sox, potentially. And looking ahead to the three games in Tampa Bay, there's another break, the small break in Blake Snell's fourth toe on his right foot. This is a true story. Snell said he was getting out of the shower Sunday night, decided to move a decorative stand in the bathroom that he didn't realize was in two parts, And as he lifted the bottom piece, turns out that was made of granite. It fell on his foot. So there is that. Uh, We can all now picture a a naked Blake Snell hobbling around, grabbing his fourth toe. Uh, Not much else in terms of joy in Mudville right now. Let's hear from the manager about how it all went so wrong at Yankee Stadium Tuesday night and where it all goes from here 
Here is Alex Cora. I think, uh, you know, stuff-wise, that was his best one. Um, he's uh, location-wise. We're good? Yeah. Um, it means fire. I mean, uh, with Garner, LeMahieu, it was supposed to be a fastball up and in, and it was a fastball up and away. He hung that change it to Frazier, but, um, you know, if we – something positive about it today, you know, stuff was there, slider was better. I think, uh, you know, he's getting closer to, to the guy that we know he can be. Well, that's all reasonably rosy, but how about we get an assessment from the man himself? Here's Chris Sale. Like I said, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just – I got to find a way to – I gotta find a way to pitch better. I mean, this is this is flat out embarrassing for my family, for my team, for our fans. This is this is about as bad as it gets. I don't. I, like I said, I just gotta. I have to pitch better. I keep saying the same things, but um, at the end of the day, you go out there and give up four runs here, five runs here, seven runs here, and I get into the sixth, seventh inning like I should. I mean, that's who I am. I'm supposed to pitch the sixth, seventh, eighth inning, finish games and stuff like that, save our bullpen cut it off when uh, when we're losing and keep winning streaks going. And that's not who I've been. i got to get back to that. Accountable, if nothing else. Bad ERA, but accountable. We now return you to Alex Cora. Throw a 97 with that slider. How surprising is it to see so much strong contact, solid contact? Um, like I said, it's the misfires, you know. I think... Uh, and we were one pitch away to to you know get out of that inning the first uh, when they scored the first run with Lemayhew and it was a fastball up and away and it goes the other way um, the changeup Fraser took advantage of it um, he hung a slider um, and for for the double um, you know it's, it's it's one of those that I don't want to say it's a work in progress because uh, we're not here to to you know like build up whatever but it it feels that you know. I'm not going to be surprised if he's next out and, you know, he, he's right where he, 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 we need him to be. I think stuff-wise, uh, you, you see, you compared it to the first three, the velocity was there, the slider was a lot better today. So I think he's very, he's very close to, to the real, I mean, quote-unquote, the real Chris Sale. Alex, what do you think your approach against Paxton? Uh, his stuff was a lot better than the last one he showed against uh, Houston. Um, velocity was way up. He, he barely used his breaking ball the first part of, this, uh, of the game. His cutter um, was a tough one. Um, we had second and third, no outs, and within a score. And from there, they took off. Uh, you know, he used his fastball a lot. You know, in and out, up. Um, it just we weren't able to catch up with it. You had the two guys up you wanted there, with yeah. men on base. I mean, is that kind of the spot there were? Uh, I mean, that's that's what we try. You know, um, you know, Xander balls do, doesn't go out for by inches. You know, but it's still a good situation for us, second and third, and we weren't able to score. And you know, from there on, you know, they add on, and and obviously in the position we were in, I'm not going to push Chris to go out there for six. You know, and uh, you know, we have to go with Ramirez, and they did what they did. How's Mookie doing? He's doing okay. I mean, uh, you saw, you know, he went for that ball, whatever. I guess he was moving his wrist. He came, he came down here, and he's fine. You know, he's searching. He's searching offensively. Um, you know, he, you know, there's some pitches there that he knows he, he can catch up with it, and he's missing his pitch right now. You know, um, he worked the walk. He worked the count. You know, today at least you can see. You know, he was more uh, swinging in, in the strike zone, but still, you know, he he's still searching for that one. Alex, what do, you, what do you detect among your players? You know, this is obviously not what you thought you'd be like at this point. I mean, like I said, you keep working. You keep working. Um, we have a talented group. Obviously, you know, like I've been saying all along, you know, uh, we, we need to, you know, get going sooner rather than later, you know. But, uh, 
you know, you keep preaching what we preach, you know, and we show up tomorrow, we get ready, and uh, we got Hap, who we know is a good pitcher. We got to go out there and uh, and battle, you know, uh, get, get ready to compete and go from there. Do you sense any doubt creeping into their minds? Um, no, no, not really. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of guys searching for stuff, you know. You can see it, they're working, they get here early and all that. And what I think at the end, you know, when, when it's 7.05 or 6.35, you know, you go out there and compete. That's the only thing you can do right now. What's the biggest thing that you saw hampering Erasmo? Uh, I mean, um, you know, he threw a, what was it, um, like a cutter inside, down and in, you know, um, just uh, pitches, you know, like that, that's a lineup that regardless of who they have, you know, if you leave pitches in the, in the heart of the plate, you know, they put good swings on it. So that was it. Alex, are you all concerned about the runners in scoring position? We've talked about it a couple times this year, but it, or is this more of that where Paxton's stuff is just so good? I mean, his stuff was that good today, but at the same time, you know, um, we faced guys with stuff before, you know, and uh, and we just didn't get the job done today with second and third. Uh, that's the skipper, and I, I wish I had better news for you, obviously. You know, you start a project like this, you think it's because everybody just wants to race to the, to the podcast portal and hear what's so great about the Red Sox. And still, here's the new guy telling you that the Red Sox are 6-12 and 12 and that the Orioles are better right now. It was just one game. It was just one game. Let's just keep repeating that. It was just one game. Problem is, there have been 11 other kind of, kind of like that so far this year. Okie doke. Uh, gotta go. 6-12 and 12 record. It can only get better from here unless the goalposts move again. This is Josh Lewin. See ya. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 